We are in week 12, uh, last, the second to last week of our Imperfect series, The Life of Moses. And man, it's been a good ride. We have, uh, we have not been able to cover a lot of things, and I'm not going to go through all the things we haven't been able to cover for sake of time today. Obviously, we want to cover what we have in front of us. But today's sermon is simply titled, Moses the Imperfect. Moses the Imperfect. Now, if you remember at the beginning of our series, we spoke about how Moses made the, 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 committed the sin of murder. We spoke of Moses uh, killing the Egyptian, burying the body. Um, and so we know Moses is not perfect. Um, but from the time that Moses led the people through the crossing of the Red Sea out of Egypt, led them in the wilderness... For the most part, what we have seen in our study in these few weeks is that a situation would happen with the children of Israel. Most of the time, it was their sin, it was their grumbling, it was their complaining, it was whatever it was. It was a, a situation faced Moses. And what did we see Moses do? We saw him take it to the Lord. We saw him hear from the Lord. And we saw him act according to that. We need food. Okay, well, Moses, here's what you're going to tell the people to do. This, this, and that. Here comes manna. Here comes quail. Okay, uh, we're thirsty. We need water. Okay, Moses, here's what you say. Here's what you do. There was water, right? That's, that's been the typical. And we've spoken very highly of the fact that whenever Moses was faced with a situation, he took it to the Lord. And that is something that we can learn from. But today we're going to be reminded of his imperfection. His imperfection this morning. Let's look in Numbers chapter 20. I'll take pepperoni. Numbers chapter 20 is where we'll be today. We'll be out of Exodus. We'll be in Numbers. Numbers chapter 20. We followed Moses and his life for nearly 120 years. Now we're nearing the end. We weren't able to cover the spies going into the promised land. That's a great study. There were several other meaningful events that we weren't able to cover in Moses' life, but I believe today is crucial. The children of Israel in this text, once again, find themselves murmuring and complaining. About something new, Josh? About something they've never faced before? No, no, no. Thirsty again. Wanting water again. Something that's already happened. It's already happened. They want, they're thirsty. And so the children of Israel find themselves thirsty in need of water. Look at verse 1 in Numbers chapter 20. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. That's Moses' sister. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought, us, uh, brought up the assembly out of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Is this not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink? Same song. Different verse, same song, 
Different verse. We don't have water. Moses, why did you and Aaron bring us up? We would have rather died in Egypt. Than come. We've heard that before. This is the same thing. This is just recurring. We've heard this all before. Verse 6. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. As we know, when the glory of the Lord appeared, we learned that last week, that they, their faces were hid. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Not a point today, but God's still going to take care of his people. Anyway, that's not one of my points. Then verse 12, Then the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. It's in your precious name we pray, amen. I don't know why Moses did what he did. I honestly don't know why God punished Moses in the way that he did. All I know is that Moses sinned, period. All I know is that Moses proved what we already knew from history but Moses proved that he was the imperfect. The imperfect leader, the imperfect savior. Moses was flawed. I want us to see in our text today quickly three points an application. Number one, a failure to follow instructions. A failure to follow instructions. I'm not going to read it all, even though it's in my notes to read. I'm not going to read it all, but uh, basically the Lord says, speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. But Moses, after calling them rebels, he lifted his hand and he struck the rock. Is that what the Bible says? Not, he didn't just strike the rock. He struck the rock twice. I don't, I, I don't know how to explain this, but it's as if Moses is saying, I know I'm not supposed to do this, and just in case you didn't know, I'm going to hit it again. I don't know if any of you have kids like that. <laughs> you have kids like that? I want to make sure you see me. But God's instructions were clear. There was no wiggle room. God simply told Moses to speak to the rock as he had done in the past. And water would flow. And I want us to understand this. God expected and expects full and total obedience. And by the way, those of us who love Jesus should jump at the chance to fully and completely obey our Creator God. There was a failure simply to follow instructions. God said do this, 
Moses did that. God said point A, Moses went point B. It was as simple as that, a failure in the life of Moses to follow instructions. And by the way, there's a lot in this book right here. There's a lot of gray area and there's a lot of things that sometimes we, we leave up to uh, uh, the Holy Spirit in our personal lives, personally convicting us of certain things. But where this Bible is clear and the, where the commands in this scripture is clear, we are expected to fully and totally obey. Does everybody understand this morning? That's not anti-grace. That's actually a result of grace. That's not anti-grace. This isn't legalism this morning. This is because of the grace of God in your life. There are things in this, in this book that he has asked us to do. I'm sorry, told us to do, commanded us to do. And as his followers, that is our job. If I may, the Great Commission is not a suggestion or a challenge. It's a command. There are things in Scripture this morning that we are told throughout the New Testament, definitely things that we are to do and to follow. But not only was there a failure to follow instructions this morning, but I want us to see there was a failure to fully trust God. Not only did Moses fail to follow the instructions of God, but look at verse 12. I do want you to look at this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and he said this, because you did not believe me. Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And once again, I wish that I could get into the mind and the emotions and the, the heart of Moses and, and, and figure out what the motivation was this time. What was Moses thinking this time? I don't know. But for some reason, this time, Moses doesn't trust God. Moses doesn't believe. Moses doesn't think that what God is saying is the way to go. He had gone from a leader who had intimate, face-to-face, unusual access to Creator God, to Jehovah, to Yahweh, to now taking what Yahweh is telling him, the great I Am is telling him, and disregarding it and doing his own thing. I want to, I'm setting the stage here. So bad... Moses didn't follow the letter of the law. He disobeyed. Worse, Moses didn't trust God. The worst. Look at number three. A failure to give God glory. Moses didn't follow the letter of the law. That's bad. Moses didn't trust God. That's bad. But Moses didn't give God glory. Look at scripture. Look at verse 10. We're back two verses. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, hear now you rebels. By the way, that's, that's a different spirit than Moses than what he typically led with. But he said, hear now you rebels. Must we? Who's the we speaking of? Moses and, and Aaron. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? 
Oh, Moses is no longer standing before the people saying, the God who brought you out of Egypt, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob of your ancestors, the God who parted the waters for you, the God who spared your children in the Passover, the God who already has given you water and who's provided manna for you and provided quail for you, that God, no, no, Moses has changed his tone. And Moses now says, must we bring water out of this rock? Moses and Aaron, must we? That's a subtle or not so subtle way of Moses taking credit for what God was about to do. And why do I think God punished Moses in the way that he punished him and was what seems like a harsh punishment? I truly believe the answer is because Moses wanted to take the glory for himself. And here's a quote if you miss everything today. God will not be robbed of his glory. God will not be robbed of his glory. You may not give God glory now, but God will get the glory if only in eternity. He will get the glory. Anything good, anything good that happens here at this church, may I just say it's zero of me. It's zero of Jeff and Mandy. It's zero of me and Sarah. It's zero of Aaron and Julia. It's zero of Tim and Carla. It's zero of connect group leaders. It's, 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 it's zero of volunteers. It's zero of people that serve and, and invest in this church. If anything good happens in this church, it is none of us. And it is all of him. May I say this? May I get personal this morning with you? If anything good is in your life, if anything good is in your family, if any blessing is in your family, if, any, if, if, if there's anything that's going on in your life that seems like it is incredible, it is not of you. It is of God. And maybe Moses had gotten used to the miracles. Maybe Moses had gotten into this rhythm of, okay, they need it. God, tell them what to do. I'll do it. And then maybe he just got, I, I don't know. All I know is there was something incredible about to happen, yet another miracle for the children of Israel. And Moses says, hey, why are you guys coming at me and Aaron? When we know that it's God. When we know that it's God who needs and wants and craves the glory. If, they, if things are going well at work for you, it is none of you, and it's all of God. If things are going well in your family, it's none of you, and it's all of God. If you woke up and looked at your bank account this morning, and there was a lot in there, it's none of you, and it's all of God this morning. We must live, if we're going to be true followers of Jesus Christ, with, the, with the, the filter in place in our lives that everything we see, we see through the glory of God. And it's Him. It's His glory this morning that we long for. It's His glory this morning that we live for. God will not be robbed of his glory. You say, man, Moses, he, he disobeyed. Yeah, he did. He disobeyed. My opinion, Joshology, I think that was the least of the issues in this story. Yeah, he, he disobeyed, you Old Testament law people. The letter of the law, he disobeyed it. But I believe 
the reason for the punishment, and I believe the reason for maybe the severity of <clears throat> Moses for 40 years leading these people in the wilderness and not being able to go over, can you imagine, not being able to go to the promised land with them, was these last two, he didn't fully trust God. You didn't believe me, God said. And you tried to rob, you did it subtly, but you tried to get the glory for what was about to happen. So Moses shows his imperfections. And while he was never perfect, this one seemed to hurt the worst. So here are three practical takeaways from today. Praise the Lord. Number one, God expects obedience from those who follow him. Period. That's why when Brent is up here saying, I was going on short-term missions trips and I was reading my Bible and God was speaking to me and there were things that were happening and the Holy Spirit was working in me, okay, God expects obedience from those who follow him. Obedience. Obedience, here am I. Send me. Obedience is, Lord, what will you have me to do? Where will you have me to go? God expects obedience from those who follow him. Don't get that twisted with people who want to argue grace and law. That's not a grace law argument. That's just a universal truth. Secondly, this morning, we can all determine our own choices, but we cannot determine our consequences. Let that sink in. You can choose this morning. Moses, God said, speak to the rock. You can stand up on that rock with your rod, and you can smack it twice as hard as you want to. That's your choice. And by the way, every single one of us, we have choices that we make. I'm not one of the theological persuasion that we are simply puppets on a string, that we do not make logical choices as human beings. I believe we do that. I believe Scripture shows us that. We make choices every single day, and you can make any choice you want. I can't stop you, your wife can't stop you, your husband can't stop you, your mama, your daddy, your granny, whatever can't stop you from any choice that you want to make. Make your own choices, but you cannot determine the consequences for those choices. Moses, you're about to make a choice. Well, I never in a million years, God would have thought that the consequences would have been this. I never would have, hey, make your own choices. Do your own thing. Just understand that you're not in charge of consequences. We all know, know this. The ultimate consequence is the wages of sin is death. And thirdly, I, this is, I guess, theological and practical, but it needs to be more practical. God will get the glory when it's all said and done. Moses, guess what? The children of Israel, they were going to the promised land. Guess what? You weren't leading them. But guess who gets the glory when they get there? God does.
Moses, you can make your own decisions. You can't choose the outcomes of those decisions. And it doesn't matter who leads those people into the promised land. I'm getting the glory. I've heard it said like this. Sometimes God may not get the glory until your funeral. And I hate to say that. Sometimes God may not get the glory until we're in eternity. When every knee bows and every tongue confesses. But God will get the glory. You say, Josh, what's the real takeaway today? I think there's a couple of things. Number one, I think knowing that Moses was imperfect helps us in our imperfectness. I think being reminded again that God demands and expects obedience is important. I believe that coupled with the testimony from Brent, I believe applying that into what is God asking you to do? What is God telling you to do? For Moses, in that moment, it was to speak to a rock. What's God asking you? The question he asked, are you listening? Are Are you there? But God expects obedience. And listen, Whatever happens, the good, the bad, the ugly, will give you all the glory. We'll give you all the glory. Christ the Lord. Moses, it wasn't you, man. I hate to bring Mo. I'm going to call you Mo because I feel like 12 weeks we have gotten closer. Mo, it isn't you, man. You're not the one that's bringing that water. You're not the one that's saving those people. You're not the one that's delivering those people. You aren't even the one that's really leading those people. The glory is not yours. Mo, glory is God's. Are you living your life for his glory? God be glorified in my family. God be glorified at my job. God be glorified in my marriage. God be glorified in my parenting. God be glorified in my outreach. God be glorified in my giving. God be glorified in my serving. God be glorified in my interactions. God be glorified in my speech. Oh, God be glorified in my thoughts. God be glorified in my motives. I'm sorry, we're getting, we're digging. God be glorified. God be glorified. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.